I'll add my welcome. Thank you all so much for being here. It truly is a pleasure and honor to be able to assemble on the first day of the week to do those things that we've been commanded to do on this wonderful Lord's Day. Appreciate the prayers on my behalf. Thank you, Devin, for mentioning me in your prayer. It is indeed my honor, my privilege to stand before you and bring you a lesson from God's Word, and it is my intention to preach the whole counsel of God. And if I fall short in that, you will be my brother and you will be my sister to let me know where I've fallen short. I appreciate this group very much. I appreciate the encouragement that you have given me in this short time that I've been here so far. This morning I want to look at the vital role that women play in the congregation. There are certain things that we know from Scripture that limit the things that women can do. We know those very well. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 34 and 35, The women are to keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but are to just subject themselves, just as the law also says. If they desire to learn anything, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is improper for a woman to speak in church. We also know the companion verse to that. 1 Timothy 2, verses 11 and 12. A woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness. But I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. We know these. We know these limitations that are placed on women from Scripture. But for a moment, I want to look at contributions. Turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 16. <clears throat> There's so much written in Scripture about the contributions that women make to the church. Lots of places we can go. Romans 16 is kind of a one-stop shop. Talking about great contributions that women make to the congregation, to the local congregation. Verses 1 and 2 in Romans 16, it says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church, which is at Chinchoria, that you receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, and that you help her in whatever matter she may need of you. She herself has also been a helper to many and of myself as well. <clears throat> Verses 3 through 5. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, whom for my life risked their own necks, to whom not only do I give thanks, but also the churches of the Gentiles. Also greet the church that is in their house. It's Priscilla her husband Aquila. Verse 6 says, Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Verse 12 says, Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, workers in the Lord. Greet Persis, the beloved, who has worked hard in the Lord. What does this tell us? Well, it tells us there's some hardworking women that were in Rome. Each one of these talks, Paul talks about how hard they have worked. 
how much they have labored, the assistance that they have been in the spread of the gospel, the wonderful work that they have done. And I love what he says there about Phoebe in the first verses there. Verse 2, that you receive her in the Lord in the manner worthy of the saints, and that you help her in whatever matter she has. You help her. Why? Because she's been a big help to me. Women make great contributions to the work of the church. Great and wonderful contributions to the work of the church. But what about those limitations? We read them. Talked about the women keeping silent in churches. And they're not allowed to teach or exercise authority over a man. Brethren, public assembly is a very small part of what the congregation does. You think about the time that we spend in this building, about four hours a week. We're here two hours this morning, an hour again this evening, an hour on Wednesday. Four hours. There's much more work outside the assembly that must be done if this church is going to thrive, if this church is going to continue to grow, if this church is going to continue to be active, seeking souls, edifying, encouraging the souls that are here. There's a lot of work to be done. And women are uniquely qualified to participate in this work. Uniquely qualified to participate. So this morning I want to look at three areas that are vital. Where women play a vital role in the work of the church. And those areas are benevolence, edification, and evangelism. That list of three things looks familiar to you is because that's the work of the church. We think about what the church has been commissioned to do, what the Lord has set up this body to do, it falls into one of those three categories benevolence, edification, or evangelism. So if we look at that and I make the statement that women are vital to the work of the congregation. Women are vital to the work of this church. If the work of the church is benevolence and edification and evangelism, and women are vital in those three roles, then women are vital to the work of this church. So I want to look at each one of these this morning for a moment or two. Each one of these things, each one of these areas of work of the church. First one being benevolence. It's an important work. No doubt about it. Being benevolent is an important part of what this church does. In James chapter 1 and verse 27, this is pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God and Father to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. It's vital for us to help those who are in need, to reach out to those, be benevolent to the ones that need us pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God and the Father. It's to help orphans, to help widows, to help those who have need. It's an important thing for us to do. And all Christians are to be involved in it. You are a child of God. You recognize yourself as a Christian. You need to be involved in this kind of work. What's so wonderful about it is that women bring a certain grace and a beauty to this kind of work. 
mercy and compassion, you might say, second nature to them. And how wonderful those characteristics and those traits of women are. How that plays into being benevolent to others. Look with me, if you would, in Romans chapter 12. Back a few pages. Romans chapter 12. Beginning verse 6. It says, And since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let each exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. We all have a part to play in this. These things, these things have been given to us to show us things we are to engage in as Christians. As children of God, look what it says there. In giving with liberality, with diligence, shows mercy with cheerfulness. Women are so uniquely qualified to help in this area. Showing mercy and compassion. Women have unique abilities to which benevolence can be rendered. Look with me, if you would, in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. We're going to begin reading verse 36. <clears throat> Women have some unique abilities. They can aid in benevolence. Here in Acts chapter 9, verse 36, we read about a lady named Tabitha. Verse 36, Now in Joppa there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which translated in Greek is called Dorcas. This woman was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did. And it came about at that time that she fell sick and died. When they had washed her body, they laid her in the upper room. And since Leah was near Joppa, the disciples, having heard that Peter was there, sent two men to him, entreating him, Do not delay to come to us. Verse 39, And Peter arose and went with them. And when he had come, they brought him into the upper room, and all the widows stood beside him weeping, and showing all the tunics and garments that Dorcas used to make while she was with them. Think about this good woman, Dorcas, using her hands to make clothing, to clothe people, to help people. What a wonderful example she provides to us. A woman using her own skills, her own abilities, to reach out to help others, be benevolent to others. Women have such a great role in being benevolent. Next we talk about edification. Building up of the body. Paul talks about the body, Jesus Christ being the head of that body, and us as children of God, as Christians, being each individual parts of that body, all working together to bring glory to God. Building up of the body. Ephesians 4, verse 15 and 16. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects of Him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held, joined together by every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body. Building up of itself in love. We're here today to build each other up. We're here today to edify each other. We're here to 
make sure all these working parts are working together. And why? To bring glory to the Father. Build ourselves up in love so that our love for each other may grow. Women play such a vital role in this. Teaching children and younger women. Think about the roles that they have been assigned to do. The important work that God has set forth for them to do. Look with me in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1. <clears throat> Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 says, But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. Now I'm going to read 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am sure that it is well with you. Paul commending the good work of Timothy's mother and his grandmother and teaching him. Look over in chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. You, however, continue in the things that you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from your childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. Timothy, remember Lois and Eunice have taught you these things. You've known these things since your childhood. And why? Because of the good work of two women. Two women taking the time to teach and help this young man grow. Such an important thing. Look over in Titus. Next book over, Titus chapter 2. Beginning in verse 3. Older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good. That they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be dishonored. Teaching. Talk about what was limiting on women. They can't be teachers or exercise authority over men, but they have a role in teaching. They have a role in teaching children, like Timothy. The older women have a role in teaching the younger women how to be good Christian wives. Women have such an important part in this. It has been said, Men are natural producers. Women are natural nurturers. Families greatly benefit from both of these roles. Providing role of the man. The nurturing role of the woman. Children in that environment are blessed. Brethren, many gospel preachers have been encouraged by godly women. I know of one standing right here before you this morning because of the work and love and dedication of my late wife I stand before you this morning she taught me a lot and without her I probably wouldn't be here 
she pushed me to be the best that I could, to continue to grow, continue to serve God the best that I could. Godly women have an important role in teaching. They certainly do. Last thing, evangelism. Evangelism is simply spreading the gospel. With the Great Commission there from Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. Everyone's to be involved in spreading the gospel. In Acts chapter 8, there's a persecution that takes place there in Jerusalem. And because of that persecution, the disciples were scattered. In verse 4 there, chapter 8, it says, Therefore those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. Because of that persecution, people were scattered. But what did they do? They went about teaching the gospel. Evangelism is something we're all to be involved in. And women can help so much in supporting those who preach. In Acts chapter 16, verse 15, we hear about Lydia. A woman named Lydia. When she and her own household had been baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. So she persuaded us. Here's a woman who's just been baptized. And already she's showing hospitality. Come into my house and stay. She persuaded them to do just that. Support the work of the gospel. Support the going forth. The good news. Look with me in Luke chapter 8. <clears throat> Luke chapter 8, we read about those who were supporting the work, supporting the teachings that were going forward. Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 1, it says, And it came about soon afterwards that he began going about from one city and village to another, proclaiming and preaching the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. And also some women who had been healed of every of evil spirits and sickness. Mary, who was called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chuzza, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who were contributing to their, their support out of their private means. Or those who were helping Jesus and his disciples, his apostles, go forward, preach, tell about the kingdom of God. Here we have three women that are listed among them that were helpful in that. Helping to support the evangelism that was going on, the telling of the kingdom of God. Here we have a great example of Priscilla. We read about Priscilla a moment ago. Over there in Romans 16 where I said there's a one-stop shop women who were working hard there in Rome. Priscilla provided a place for Paul to stay during his ministry in Corinth. If you remember the story about Priscilla and Aquila, they were tent makers. When Paul came to Corinth and needed a place to stay, he stayed with them because they had that connection. There's Priscilla 
providing for Paul a place to stay. Also, if you remember about Priscilla and her husband Aquila, they're the ones that pulled Apollos aside. Remember, Apollos was only preaching about the baptism of John. It was because of the good faith and the good work of Priscilla and Aquila. They pulled Apollos aside and taught him more excellent. Taught him the baptism of Jesus Christ. And he went on his way and wound up being a good worker for the Lord. Priscilla also hosted a church at Ephesus in their home. She also hosted a church in Rome in their home. Priscilla was involved in evangelism. She was helping those who were out spreading the word. Having a church in their own home. Helping those, correcting those that are in error. Spreading of the spreading of the word. <coughs> Women without speaking a word. Godly women can lead people to Christ without speaking a word, including their unbelieving husbands. 1 Peter chapter 3, we read about them. Brethren, many souls have been saved and churches started through the evangelistic efforts of women. Play such a vital role in the church in these three areas. What's the conclusion of the matter? To borrow a line from Ecclesiastes, what's the conclusion of the matter? Brethren, I'll tell you this. Scripture places limitations on women and men. Men, we aren't allowed to sharply rebuke an older man or to bring an accusation against an elder without two or three witnesses. Paul tells us that in 1 Timothy 5. Men, we are limited by the things that we can, by Scripture, to the things that we can do. In the assembly, we aren't allowed to speak out of turn or to do anything else that would be disorderly. Brad read for us from 1 Corinthians 14 about those things that are to be done orderly. Verse 26 of 1 Corinthians 14. What is the outcome then, brethren? When you assemble, each has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks a tongue, it should be by two or three at the most, and each of them let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church. Let him speak to himself and to God. And let two or three prophets speak and let the others pass judgment. But if a revelation is made to another who is seated, let the first keep silent. There are men sitting in this building that have to keep silent in this assembly. Why? Because all things need to be done orderly. That's why we have a duty roster in the back. That's why David, when he's putting together the announcements, makes sure those duty rosters all the duties are taken care of and those things are done in orderly in proper fashion and why to edify us and if we don't man, if we don't appear on that duty roster and we don't have anything to say we are to keep silent in the assembly scripture places limitations on men just like it does on women now we don't speak in tongues and we don't prophesy in the assembly anymore 
But the lesson was this. If it doesn't edify, we are to keep silent. The First Timothy 2 passage limits women from teaching men. In James chapter 3, verse 1, the numbers of teachers is limited as well. Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that such you will incur a stricter judgment. We're limited by that, yeah. Let not many of you become teachers. That means not all of us can be teachers. Scripture limits us in that way. Hebrews 13 and verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them. For they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. If we had elders here, we'd be in subjection to them, each and every one of us, men and women alike. Scripture limits us in the things that we can do. It limits women. It limits men. Turn with me to Proverbs 31. If you want to get a, a, a good, clear picture of a hard-working, godly woman, come to Proverbs 31. Beginning verse 10. An excellent wife who can find. For her worth is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She looks for wool and flax. She works with her hands in delight. She's like merchant ships. She brings food from afar. She rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it from her earnings. She plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. She stretches out her hand to the distaff, and her hands grasp the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor, and she stretches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. She opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teachings of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and bless her. Her husband also, as he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the product of her hands and let her work praise her in the gates. We want to see the description of a godly woman come right there in Proverbs 31. Men, if we think that women are second-class citizens, we're dead wrong. Ladies, if you think of yourself as a second-class citizen, I encourage you to come back and read Proverbs 31. Read that description of a godly woman who takes care of her household, who takes care of her husband, brings honor and praise to him because of the things that she does. That's not a second-class citizen. 
women play such a vital role in the church. This church will not be the same without, her, without them. Churches everywhere will not be the same without them. We owe them a debt of gratitude for the things that they do. And they are by no means second class citizens. Being a godly woman means, means being a child of God. The gospel call has gone out. Evangelism, what we talked about there. The gospel call has gone out. We're there either to hear it and respond or to deny it. But you haven't obeyed the gospel call. Time is of the essence. We're not promised tomorrow. Each day is a day of its own. One day at a time. You have to hear the gospel. You have to believe the gospel message. And that should lead you to repentance. To making a change in your life. To turning away from the old life. And turning back to God. Upon, that, upon those things, you confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. If you've done those things, you're ready to be baptized. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved, Mark 16 and verse 16. That's the only way to come in contact with the blood of our Lord and Christ, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Upon that, you come up out of that water a new creature, a child of God, to walk in newness of life. The last thing we have to do is continue to live faithfully. Continue to be godly women, godly men. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. That's the promise from our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. You're subject to that call. We can help you. We can further study God's Word with you. We show you from Scripture the things that we are to do to become a child of God. You're subject to that gospel call. You can let that be known by coming forward as together we stand and stand.